Good morning, City Lights. It's great to be with you again uh, in your homes and uh, on this amazing Friday morning. Just think it's always such a privilege for us to meet together, even though we are apart, like I say, every week. We will be together at some point. Uh, there's been many Zoom meetings and conversations that have happened over the past while uh, where people are trying to connect, but hopefully this isn't for too much longer. I think we're in week nine. I can't remember. I don't know if I said week nine last week or this week, whatever it is. But it's, it feels like it's just a very long time. As you can see, I'm wearing a City Light shirt. I came with a different shirt on today and Bruce asked me to change because my face is looking blue. So anyway, if you're taking notes, you can just write in if on your phones or whatever it is. The title of my sermon is The Reality Is. And, uh, and it's quite a... Quite a well-known saying, and I think I said a lot to Star, we'll, we'll, we'll be having conversations, and I'll say, I mean, especially when we're getting into stuff, I'll go, Star, the reality is. And I think we're living in a time where we can't actually say what the reality is. I would love to say that come July, uh, the borders will open, and uh, we can possibly go even to Oman or different places. We just don't know. We're living in a time where we don't know what the, the reality is. Everything is, you're hearing different news every day, you're hearing weird conspiracy theories uh, daily. Don't even look on Facebook because most of that stuff is conspiracy theories. And, uh, and I, I, what I want today, just in, in the next 15, 20 minutes, just look about how we've got to this reality that we're living in, that we don't know the future. But then there's also this reality of the kingdom that we can link our hearts to. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts 14, uh, 21 to 23. And uh, before I get there, it's, uh, I want you to read the scripture out of Romans. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace and joy. And I think week after week, we're going to keep saying that, that although we're living on this earth and we're living in a time where there's, it's unprecedented, we don't know the future, we can link ourselves to a different reality where we have righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm hoping that today I would be able to walk you through how we actually get there. I wouldn't say that I'm fully there. I have moments where I am kind of feel like I'm more operating in that then there's times when I'm not especially when I've had a rough night with the kids and it's, I've only slept a few hours but that's just the reality of being a dad um, and uh, before we read the, 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 the bit of scripture I just love this text in Hebrews 6 9 it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure it enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain and um this week, I was uh, reading through the book of Acts, just saying, God, what are, you, what are you wanting to speak to us as a community? I'm trying to stick within the book of Acts. And we've jumped into different places. We've been in the Psalms a bit. Last week was really good around the interviews, but now we're coming back to the book of Acts. And I remember when I was learning to preach, I read this one book by R.A. Torrey. I think the book's over 100 years old. He said, you read the Bible until a piece of the text stands out, and that's what God's speaking to. So I just started to read simply, and I came to this in Acts 14, 21. It says here, uh, it says, They preached the gospel, this is Paul, in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and then to Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And that's literally the text that we're going to dig apart uh, today together. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So I wish there was another way, but the Bible says this in inverted commas. 
Paul and Barnabas appointed uh, elders for them in, in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Now, if you look at the context of the scripture, Paul was preaching. He, is, he was actually, if the pre previous chapter speaks about that, he was stoned and left for dead. Yet he goes back to the town that he was stoned and left and dead for. And he goes back to Antioch, his final destination, the hard way. And I was like, I started to think about this man, Paul, and think, what, what did he have? What is that internal motivation that kept him going? He was just, he was whipped in Acts 12. He was beaten, uh, sorry, not in Acts 12, in Acts 16. He was beaten and flogged and thrown in jail. And, and, uh, but he kept going, he kept preaching the gospel. And, and I believe this is that Paul lived as a man who not only encouraged himself, himself, but from that place, he was able to encourage others. And it says here that they strengthened the souls of, their, of the disciples, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And that's why I believe in, if you've just started following Jesus now, I would, I would recommend just going through uh, the New Testament slowly, get a, get a good commentary, uh, look on biblehub.com, it's incredible free commentaries, you can go learn there, get some foundational truths right. And I think in this time, I've seen a lot of churches across the world doing amazing things, but uh, there's a lot of morning devotions and we've done some, but I just, I think we need to, in this time, it's, it's, it's a moment for us as a, as a people of God to rise up in maturity and say, each morning I'm going to spend time with Jesus, I'm going to dig into the Word, I'm going to journal, and I'm going to grow closer to Him. If you just look at some of the words, the word strengthen there is the definition of, of course, to strengthen is to make stronger. The usage is to prop up, uphold, support, and make stronger. The word encourage is parakleia, which comes from two words, para, para, and kaleia, which means to, to go close alongside and to call up. And I, and I think that's what encouragement is, is to, is to go close alongside one, someone and to call them up to something bigger. And obviously we can't go too close now with social distancing, but it's we, we get alongside people in this time, we encourage and we build up people. Barnabas was one of those guys that the apostles called him the son of encouragement. And those are amazing moments, I think it's in Acts 9 and 10, where uh, Paul gets saved, he gets knocked off his horse, amazing salvation story. And then uh, he goes back to Jerusalem to preach the gospel and it says that everyone is afraid of him. And Barnabas said, cool, I'm actually going to stick alongside this guy. He ends up discipling Paul and then the, the rest is history. Paul became this incredible missionary that literally changed the earth. And, uh, and we need to be like Barnabas, we need to be encouraging people, we need to be sons and daughters of encouragement and it says remain true to the faith we need to encourage people in this time we need to encourage people that God is alive he's on his throne there's a different reality we're going to keep coming back to that I've realized over the years my call is to strengthen and encourage people and I and I'm, I'm praying that as as I preach today that uh, that we will be strengthened and encouraged and I, I came through a bit of I call it the journey of COVID. Uh, it's, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven A's. Okay, so for preaching, for preaching's sake, I've made seven A's. So if you think at the beginning of this virus, obviously there's a lot of sadness and panic and uh, uncertainty, and I think there's still a bit of that. But for me as a leader, I, I, the first word was adventure. 
I thought, well, this is different. We get to do church differently. We get to think about this differently. Those who are business leaders, you have to think differently. And you're like, oh, this is all exciting. And I can tell you that that quickly wanes off, maybe two, three weeks. And then you realize you get to the next point, which I suppose would have been denial, but I couldn't find another word for denial. So let's just call it a version. So those are English teachers amongst us. Don't judge me, but it's uh, we we actually in, we're in denial of what actually happening. We're like, this can't be true. This can't be our reality right now. The next one is anger, and this is the blame game. This is um, where we start to blame uh, countries. We start to blame conspiracy theories, and there's this, this sense of anger, and it's almost like you're dealing with this grief and. And uh, then next comes acknowledgement of the situation and just fixing our eyes on the reality of what's happening. I think last week was so good hearing from those different business leaders to say that this is the reality that we're in right now. Then from acknowledgement comes acceptance. And then the next one is at peace. I know that's not an A, but it's the only way I could get it in there. We have this peace of our, in this, in this sense in this situation. And my job as a leader is to get people through that little journey of adventure, aversion, anger, acknowledgement, acceptance to a place of peace, but then to finally get to a place of advance. And we're not there yet. As a community, I believe we are maybe somewhere between acknowledgement and at peace. Maybe we're jumping in between the two, but my role is, it was, is to strengthen and encourage us and to strengthen and encourage myself that I eventually get to the place where it is about peace and it's about advance. No matter what you're walking through, if you've lost your job, if, if you've gone through these tough moments, that you can have peace because we are linked to a different reality. We, uh, someone said this recently, one of my friends, he said, we don't need entertainment in this time, we need encouragement. And, uh, and that's it's as simple as it is. My, my sermon today is like, I pray that this just encourages your hearts to step up and say, God, there's more. There's, there's more than my situation that I'm facing right now. Paul could only encourage himself in the area that he'd, sorry, Paul could only encourage others where we had encouraged himself. And um, I've been rereading Dallas Willard's book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, and I highly recommend it. It's, it is a book for me that you have to go quite slowly through because I think some of his ideas are revolutionary. And if we get hold of it, it'll, it'll change everything about us. But he says this, he says, we can become like Christ by doing one thing, by following him in the overall style of the life he chose to choose for himself in the life he chose for himself. And if you look at Jesus' life, it was, it was many things, but uh, it, there's many times where it says that Jesus left off. So if you think of the first one, it's prayer. Jesus, prayer is, is, is key. If we want to have a life like Paul had, who could not only get beaten, but then go and encourage people after he's been beaten and whipped and his back's ripped, ripped open, it says that he was stoned and left for dead. He went back to the town and encouraged them. If we want to get to that place as followers of Jesus, it starts at the place of prayer. Fasting. I don't like fasting, who does, but it's key. And uh, I would encourage you over this time, just, just take a day, every two weeks, day, a month, a day, or once a week, whatever you have capacity for, and have a moment of fasting and, and, and fixing your heart and your mind on Jesus. Solitude, tough. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, obviously having a little baby, solitude is not something that's, that's kind of high on the, on the priority list, but even when there is time, my mind can be so distracted and I've been trying to actively, again, just 
Get back to this place of discipline, of solitude, quietness, and not trying to be anything in that place, not trying to read or, or to, to better myself. It's not about that. It's, it's just about being alone with God and getting back to Him. Reading scripture, worship is key, serving, giving, taking a Sabbath, having proper day off a week, um, and obviously key is community. We need community in this time. And it could be, and it's, it's difficult because Zoom chats are, uh, I was speaking to someone yesterday and they were like, once this is over, I want to delete Zoom off my computer and never use it again. And I, I think there's, there's something of a reality in that, but also in this time, it's what we have. It's the tool we have to connect with people. I've been, I've been having some amazing conversations with people across the world, phone calls, text, WhatsApp, voice notes. These are all ways of, of staying in community and connected. And honestly, it's through these seemingly ordinary things that God starts to do powerful stuff. We hear his voice. God in the ordinary releases the extraordinary. And if we want to see our lives that reflect something of Paul, so not all of you are going to be whipped and go preach the gospel in different areas, but you're going to have a call of God on your life that's going to require Jesus to be at the center of your life. And this is how we do it. These things ultimately for me link our heart back to the Father. And daily we need to just take a pause, take a deep breath, take a moment and we say, God, I, I come back to you. I come back to the heart of worship as that song was. I come back and there can be so much noise in this time. And, and I think we as a church have intentionally not wanted to add to the noise. We wanted to just try to lead this community well and give a great Friday moment and some devotions during the week to to, to just build you up and encourage you in this time. I've got on my cupboard and I've just recently stuck it up there. Recently as in this morning. <laughs> got, I have to with integrity tell you the truth. But I, as I was started prepping yesterday, it's, uh, I just felt to pray Paul's prayers over you as a church and over myself. And I want to encourage you, if you've write down Ephesians 1, you can go read the whole of Ephesians 1, but in particular, just for this week, Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. Read it line by line and, and get it inside of you. Pray it for your family. Pray it for the church. I'm praying it over the church and Paul often writes in his, in his letters and I think a man can be known by his prayer life and Paul was clearly a prayer because it says even when they were choosing leaders in that time, they prayed. And uh, leadership is so key in this time. It, it anchors us to something greater. It, it encourages us. So those who are leaders, keep, keep, keep close to Jesus. You're gonna, there's people around you who need encouragement, whether it's on a Monday night or whenever you meet with your community groups. And uh, Paul writes this, and I'm going to read this over us as a community, and then I'm going to end with a, a few little thoughts. But um, let's go. For this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people, City Lights. I'm going to keep adding City Lights. I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I'm going to start each day and I'm going to, and I started today and I'm going to, every day of lockdown, I'm going to pray over the church because I realized prayer is, the, is where the power is at. Prayer is where, where things shift. Prayer is where people find Jesus. And um, it says, uh, I remember you in my prayers whenever it comes to remembrance. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that you may know him better. And it's amazing what Paul writes in Ephesians 
in a few different parts in Colossians and Thessalonians. He doesn't ask, would the church grow? Would there be uh, salvations? Would there be multiple people that come to know him? They said, would the, the people who are called by God, would they have the spirit of wisdom and of revelation to know him better? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Wow. We need it. If, if we read this every day and say, God, would you speak to me? Read it in different versions. Pick a go out to a Bible hub and you can click on the different words and find out what the different words mean. Get this inside of you. It says that power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. And we, in this time, we can proclaim this over COVID. We can proclaim this over jobs, over all this the confusion that's happening around the world. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And I, for me, if, if we start going through that as a church and let it strengthen us, this is, Paul would pray these prayers and I'm praying this over you. If you pray this over yourself and pray this over the church, can you imagine how powerful this will, will be? And we need to, like I said, we started with the reality is and, and we're going to end with the reality is and we need to link our hearts with what God's reality is. And there's, there's so much trash on the internet right now. Can I say as a pastor, just be careful be careful what you share. There's a lot of fake news. Be careful what you uh, digest. Be careful. I mean, and also people, there's, uh, I won't even mention the name, but there, uh, a YouTube clip that was put up that was just absolute con conspiracy theory stuff. And it was just, and it exploded. And all my Christian friends were showing it. I'm like, just go do some research. Go look at who this person was. Go go look. It does, none of this makes sense. But there is some sane people writing documents, and I spoke to a medic, someone who works in the medical profession. They said, you don't listen or, to any article, read any article of someone who isn't a doctor or isn't a virologist. Because otherwise, it's just them making up stuff. And we need to get back to the truth and just say, God, what is the truth? And be discerning in what we read. But ultimately, we need to be discerning in reading the Bible and His Word and getting it into us. There's an acrostic for the word fear, and it's false evidence appearing real. And I think that's what's happened now. There's, there's false evidence that gets sent out into the world that just gets blurted out on the internet and it just causes fear and panic. And we need to guard our hearts amongst that stuff. We need to just say, God, you know what? Like, this may be happening in the world around me. I'm not switching off to there's realities. Read the newspaper, read Gulf News, read the National. Know what is happening in the city. Know what we can and can't do. Comply with the laws, comply with the rules, etc., etc. But don't let fear take over your heart. And uh, I, was, I went to the shops the other day and I had my, my earphones in and the security guard was asking me something. I don't know what he was asking me. So by mistake, I took off my, my mask, think I was taking off my headphones because I, I wasn't really concentrating. I'm a guy, I can't do two things at once. And, uh, and I, as I took it off, he like stepped back and he, and he had a shield and he was like fully protected. And I thought, wow, we live in so much fear over this. We need to just come into to Jesus' presence let him dictate our, the, the reality of our hearts. So I'm going to end off with this. The reality is this. The reality is God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. Psalm 47, 8. 
The reality is righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Psalm 89, 14. The reality is we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. It, it attaches itself to the mercy seat of Jesus. That's out of Hebrews 6.19. The reality is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The reality is there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. The reality is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And that's 2 Timothy. And we can in this time be either we can link ourselves to fake realities or realities that is happening in the world. Or we can link ourselves to that God is on his throne, that Jesus has saved us. And I want to say this morning, if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, you never put your faith in him and you've never stepped into that reality. You have a moment right now to surrender to him. We, and it is digital and it's, these things are awkward, but we've got a little part of the page that says, raise your hand if you want to, if you want to accept Jesus into your life. And I can tell you that once you've done that, go click onto next steps and one of our leaders will get hold of you and walk you on a journey in following Jesus. And if you're living with fear, you're living with stuff of your life, you're feeling condemned, you're feeling your past is catching up with you. Jesus is here right now. He's here to come and save you. He's come to set you free, wash you free of all the sin and, and the stuff that you've carried and you can link yourself to a new reality. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that um, you are alive. We thank you that your presence is here. <coughs> we thank you that your, your presence is in everyone's homes right now. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are unchanging, Father. That through these tough circumstances, Father, you remain the same. And I pray, Father, that we would link our hearts to that reality. We would link our hearts to your reality and to who you are. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we'll see you next week. We're going to have plugged in straight after the meeting. Please join if it's... I think we've already emailed a bunch of people, but you're more than welcome to join to that. We've also got Zoom Hangouts, which is kind of our foyer experience. And we've got a bunch of friendly people who want to get to know you. I'm, I'm generally there every week, but this week I'm going to be part of Plugged In. And Plugged In is just introducing new people to the church. So it's been great. We love you. We cannot wait to get back together. Keep praying, keeping God's word. See you next week.